Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Well, this is it. Yes, that's right. The first episode of 2022. <laughs> I want to thank my followers and fans all over the world who have sent me so many messages asking me when the next episode will be and sending me lists of movies to review and new segments to try. I'd also like to give a shout out to some of my new listeners in Cloney, Ireland. I hope I'm saying that right. Tel Aviv, Israel, and one follower who binged me in Altoona, Iowa. <laughs> yes, I can see you. <laughs> I'm also getting a lot of traffic all over Texas, which is amazing. I've visited Texas many, many, many times and have had lots of fun, even though it's too damn hot. But your barbecue and your hot cowboys are worth the sweat and the meat sweats. <laughs> um, I also want to give a big shout out and happy early birthday to my friend, fan, and fellow horror aficionado, Devil's Reject 1974, who will be celebrating over in the UK. I hope you have a scary good birthday. <laughs> well, I think it's time to get this pod rolling, don't you? And what's the best way to do that? Well, with some quick reflections, of course. And if you're new here, quick reflections are my mini reviews of horror movies that I've watched that aren't quite full episode material, but I still want to give my opinion and judgments on. So here we go. Quick reflection number one, Pledge Night from 1990. Now this one starts out pretty good. It's your basic fraternity hazing hijinks movie with lots of good man-ass to be seen. Then it takes a hard left and becomes super goofy. It has some good kills, interesting if not great effects, and a few laughs. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I really enjoyed it. I give Pledge Night from 1990 7 out of 10 cherry races. Quick reflection number two, Nightmare Beach from 1989. Now this one was a super surprise, but in a good way. I had never seen it and no one really talks about it, but it's a lot of fun. Tons of hot guys, cool kills, some interesting side storylines, lots of late 80s mullets, which you know I love. <laughs> And now, the effects are meh, but the rest of the movie really makes up for it. And it has an interesting ending. Ooh, and one of my favorites, the sexy John Saxon is in it, playing, yep, you guessed it, a cop. <laughs> Talk about typecasting. Now, I give Nightmare Beach from 1989 8 out of 10 mesh shirts. Oh. <laughs> Quick reflection number three, Symptoms from 1974. Now this one has a couple good parts and an overall creepy vibe, but on the whole, it's a bit boring. There is a good movie idea in there, but sadly they missed it completely. So read the synopsis and watch it, don't watch it, I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> I give Symptoms from 1974 5 out of 10 tiny knives. <laughs> Quick reflection number four, Feast from 2005. Now this one was a hoot. It's action-packed with lots of great effects, tons of gore. It's pretty well written and acted. Good story, though I feel it's kind of a stock idea. You know, a group of people trapped in a bar having to survive against what's outside. But at least they do it really well. Now the two sequels I can't vouch for yet, but Feast from 2005 is definitely worth a watch. And I give it 8 out of 10 monster cocks. <laughs> well, I think that's gotten us all warmed up and ready for the main event. I mean... I know I'm ready. <laughs> Enjoy.
Tonight, we are reviewing 13 Ghosts from 2001. And yes, I did say we, because tonight I have with me my gorgeous drag daughter, who you all know from previous commercials on this channel, Miss Jamie Debauchery. Applause, 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 applause. Why don't you tell all my listeners around the world a little bit about you, Jamie? So, my name is Jamie Debauchery of the House of Debauchery. I run a Instagram pageant called The Debauchery Trials. I also run a nail empire, Nailed by Jamie. And uh, you might see me on a street corner sometimes. You never know. <laughs> Maybe later today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right into this movie. The movie cold opens in a junkyard, which was definitely giving me Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. You know, where they buried Freddy's body? Yeah. But that's not what's happening here. I mean, maybe. Who knows? So then a bunch of SUVs and a semi come in, followed by a gorgeous old Rolls Royce. And out of the Rolls Royce steps a fancy rich man and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of the movie, we're going to call Matthew Lillard's character Shaggy. So just deal with that. Immediately, Shaggy is writhing in pain. And we find out that he's some sort of sensitive or psychic and something very strong and very scary is in this junkyard. I'm guessing by the name of the movie, it's a ghost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of 13, maybe? Uh, then enters the PETA of ghost hunters and a little exposition. How can you possibly justify what you're doing, Cyrus? It's out about slavery. I'll give you this statement. You are persistent. And what about you, Kalina? These aren't animals you're capturing. They're human beings. They are dead human beings. Maybe you should join Greenpeace. Throw blood on old women's furs. <laughs> Who are you to play God? Plagues with children. You'll never pull it off. Not without the right spells. That and the 13th ghost. So then they call in the bait. And what's the bait? Well, remember that semi that I said earlier? Well, that starts driving through. And now this time, it's just spewing hundreds of gallons of blood to lure out the ghost. Chum in the water, girl. Chum in the water. It's a great scene. It's visually uh, effective. And it's also very, I don't want to say of the time, but it felt like this opening whole opening scene mm -hmm. felt very early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's this cool scene. Anyway, then we get our first look at the ghost glasses, which will be throughout this whole movie. But the little ghost glasses, they've got little lights that like shine in your mm -hmm. eyes. And those are one of the few things that they actually held over from the first movie. In the first one, they were like giant... Chunky, yes. Like steampunk goggles. And in the new one, they're like nice, sleek, LED right. sunglasses. Exactly. I would wear them. They're cute. I don't know that I would wear them with the light shining in my eyes like that, because mm. that's kind of a pain Maybe if they had like a little light show going. Still, like they they'd be like colors. right in your eye. Eh. Glasses are supposed to keep light out of your eyes. Whatever. It's, <laughs> it's not fashion. It's terrible. <laughs> but as you will find out, listeners, we did watch this, from the one from 2001, and the next night we watched the original from 1960. And there are some similarities, but very few. So we'll be sprinkling that information in as we go along. So speaking of the glasses, we finally get our glimpse of the ghost as well that they're hunting in this junkyard. And he's this big, scary ghost. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he goes on this killing spree, killing people. We get the really cool shot where he folds a guy in half. That was great. And then as he's being lured into this cube that they're going to store him in, there's this weird chanting that they're playing, which we find out later is spells to lure them in. So they finally get the ghost in the cube. 
and everything's finally calming down and we're seeing all the dead people uh the PETA woman is mourning the death of her partner the guy and then we see that cyrus is dead so the old guy who was in the rolls royce who is the uh hot financing ghost daddy. i wouldn't say he was hot ghost daddy but he was fine uh <laughs> <laughs> not my type you go ahead that's all you girl uh <laughs> no uh he's like the financier and the brains behind this whole operation mm-hmm. but now he's dead cut to the title sequence of a perfect family happy home slowly converting to a sad apartment and sad people all while explaining that the mom was in a fire clearly died it's a really well done scene and a great way to quickly get the audience up to speed with the whole story. So it goes from they had the perfect life, perfect family. American white picket fence. Exactly. One thing happens and everything's destroyed. So we meet the whole family over breakfast. You have the dad played by Tony Shalhoub, who most people out there will know as Monk. You have the daughter played by Shannon Elizabeth, who I feel was big in the late 90s and early 2000s, but I don't know really that she's done anything else, but feel free to message me if you're a fan. You have the little boy Bobby, who's obsessed with death. And you have the sassy nanny Maggie, played by Ra Digga, who is a hip-hop rap artist and a really good actor. I think she is my favorite character in this movie. For sure. She definitely becomes like the comedic oh yes relief cut to the lawyer showing up who represents late uncle cyrus i represent the estate of your uncle cyrus criticos we have an uncle cyrus uh had i uh only met him a couple of times as a kid he wasn't too popular my dad said he squandered the family fortune we have a family fortune well no cyrus squandered it hey bobby isn't that great you got a late uncle what did he late for his next birthday you mean he's dead now we get his attention so they play the video and find out that he has left his home to them it's a creepy internet video will Mm -hmm. and it's just so maybe like five pixels wide (laughs) i was gonna say that i was gonna say it was pretentious cut to ghost PETA woman and when i say ghost PETA woman what I'm saying is, you know PETA, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals? Well, she's that for ghosts, and that's why I keep calling her that, so just deal with that. Ghost PETA woman, because I don't remember her name, uh, <laughs> is packing her bags in her crazy room of occult insanity, which I love, and it kind of looks like the inside of my mind. And then they cut to the family, and they're driving out to the house, which is in the middle of nowhere, where, you know, you want your house, because yeah. neighbors, fuck them. And they pull up to this house, and this house, from the outside, is absolutely amazing. It looks like a piece of art. It's like glass. It's like almost all glass. Glass, maybe a little bit of refurbished wood and steel here and there. Very steampunk. Yes, very that. And who else is at the house? But the power guy. And it's actually Psychic Shaggy, dressed up as a power guy. So Daddy, Tony Shalhoub, puts the key in the front door, which is this fancy little magic key. And the key disappears, and all these gears start turning, lights in the house start turning on, all these gears and things start whirling inside the house. So something has started. Cool scene, again, doors open, and everyone goes inside. And inside, it's like a glass futuristic museum, if that makes sense. There's this, like, Latin writing all over the walls. It also kind of looks like you're inside the box from Hellraiser. It's kind of got that vibe that you're trapped inside this maze of... Yeah, and so it's all, like, glass and shiny and pretty. Everything's so beautiful. Uh, family, just so we all clear, Miss Maggie does not do windows, okay? 
Also, this whole time, there is something up with the lawyer because they're always cutting to him, looking at him, like, and he's always, he always just looks suspicious, like, even more than lawyers do, but he just <laughs> looks suspicious. <laughs> he does look very suspicious right. at all times. At all times. Maybe it's just his face, but Maybe. I do love that actor. He was in uh, Stargate. He was one of the alien peoples, but I do love that guy. I don't know what he's doing anymore. Whatever. Google it. So they head into the quote-unquote library. For a library, this sucks. You know, I think you, there's like one bookshelf in the whole room. And it's very small and low because obviously right. all the windows. And I'm just like, oh, this could have been such a better design. With all of the like grand rooms in that house and the library looks like a converted bathroom. Yeah, it was just not cute. I just, I thought they really missed the mark on that library. Meanwhile, Psychic Shaggy is in the basement getting overwhelmed by bad ghost juju. And he's figuring out that all the ghosts... Are trapped are in the, the basement. basement. Oops, spoilers, all the ghosts, so all 13, maybe. Here come the fancy ghost glasses again, and we see some more of the ghosts. And we see the the torn prince, who is my personal favorite, kind mm -hmm. of this 50s high school jock kind of bad boy, rebel without a cause vibe. Personal favorite. Then we get more exposition from Psychic Shaggy. With me, I used to hunt displaced spiritual energies with your uncle. I'm sorry? Uh, uh, PK agents, revenants, uh, 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 like wraiths, wraiths, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> Look, Cyrus has containment cubes all over the basement, and I don't know why they're here, I don't know why he brought them here, and I am not staying around to find out. I'm getting my ass out of the big glass house! Grab your children, do the same! So as the kids and the nanny explore the house, which they were told not to do, but whatever, Psychic Shaggy tries to convince Tony Shalhoub, daddy, to leave the house and take the kids because obviously there's something crazy going on here. But yeah. daddy doesn't believe him because he's like, ghosts? What do you mean, ghosts? There's no such thing as ghosts. Right? Then he has he starts to have a psychic breakdown in front of daddy and Tony Shalhoub touches him and he sees all the, like, his wife burning up and flashes and he does all this, like, super overacting and he's, like, slobbering on the floor. It's a great scene, but he's like, I feel like it was a little overdone. Just a touch. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. And then we get a classic line. How's your head? Not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, once Psychic Shaggy is okay again, they notice that the lawyer's just gone. I'm like, okay, you all should have known, shady-ass lawyer, but now he's somewhere in the house. Mm -hmm. Where, I love that somewhere in this house, nobody can see shit, even though all the walls are crystal fucking clear. Right. There's writing on them, but it's so small. You should be able to see anybody from, like, across the entire house, but everybody's fucking lost in this house at all times. Plot hole. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Cut to the lawyer going into the basement with the ghost glasses on. So, obviously, he knows all about the ghosts and all about this house, and then he starts taunting the ghosts. He's a fucking moron. Idiot. Yeah, he goes by the, uh, what is her name? It was the something princess. I don't remember her, her ghost name. I just call her Tits McGee. Oh, yeah. Okay, Tits McGee. We'll go with that. But she's gorgeous. Stunning. Super pale, slashed up, uh, knife, and she he's taunting her. I think he taunts the the one with all the rails, the, the uh -huh. hammer that has the railroad spikes all in through him. Like six foot five, jacked black dude with railroad spikes sticking out of him. Super hot. I would still do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but obviously, Cyrus knew this guy was a douche because he basically booby-trapped the money that the lawyer was getting. So as soon as he picked it up, this switch happens and it sets more things in motion and the house starts shifting and changing and the doors to the ghost cellars, ghost cells start opening. And then one of the best scenes in the whole movie 
as the slashed up princess slowly stalking toward her and he's like i'm sorry i I didn't mean it i was making a joke right and he's walking backwards these two glass doors that are way too strong and way too sharp to close on him cut him perfectly in half with no problem the scene is amazing probably my favorite death scene out of like any movie ever i mean it is really up there because he's cut perfectly in half but he's still like alive and aware something is like his eyes are moving he's like yeah and so then the front half of him slides down the wall first. And you and just then, see the like a perfect cross-section of this man's dead body. Exactly. And then the, the second half slides down, and it is amazing. It's an amazing shot, amazing thing, but a little implausible because I don't think it could, you know, cut a person perfectly like that. Right. Those but, doors were sharpened like blades. <laughs> yeah, there's... I don't know that... And it cut through everything perfectly, like fabric... Skin, bone, uh, the glasses, everything just cut without any resistance. I don't think that would actually happen. But again, it's a movie, you know, suspend your disbelief. Cut to the daughter in the bathroom scene where she is in this pristine glass bathroom. Then it focuses in on the ghost glasses that are on the counter. And through the glasses, you can see that the entire bathroom is just covered in blood splatter everywhere and it's everywhere and the princess is there and she's in the bathtub all slashed up looking gorgeous and dead overhead shots of the bathroom and it says i'm sorry scrawled in blood on the floor and it's just this amazing scene and then the girl (laughs) the daughter is like in the bathroom like she's never seen a bathroom before she's at the tub with the water going and she's like Spritzing herself in the like face. Like a Neutrogena commercial. Like though. a Neutrogena commercial. Like she has never seen clean water before. It's just this whole thing. Like and how bad is the water in that dingy little apartment? I don't know, but she's it is the most commercial acting I've ever seen. But as soon as the princess is about to slash her with her knife, dad pops in and ruins the whole thing. And this is when they realize that Bobby, the little boy, is missing. Where is Bobby? Well, Bobby, he's hearing voices coming from the basement saying, come down. And others saying, don't come down. So what would you do in that scenario? I wouldn't go down there. However, right, because you have half a brain. White people in a horror movie are going to go down there. <laughs> He's not white. He's white enough. He's white enough. You heard it. Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> then there's this whole scene where Shaggy tells them that the house is sealed up, and Daddy tries breaking the glass to no effect. So they all go looking for Bobby. Then one of the best lines from Maggie. Did the lawyer split? Yes, Maggie. Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Right in half. Right in half, girl. So we see more of the rooms in the basement opening as the wheel in the floor of the big room continues to spin. Now we see Bobby slowly walking around the basement and then he starts bumping into ghosts because he has a pair of those glasses on. Mm -hmm. So he can see and he sees the, I want to say he sees the The, torso. Yeah. And he sees the bound woman, right? The, The hanging woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he starts running and screaming and slams into a glass wall, obviously, because he can't see the writing on the wall. (laughs) That's a terrible joke. (laughs) And then there's this ghost voice that starts talking to him from his tape recorder that he carries around. And of course, it's his mom. Spoiler. Talk about EVPs. And then he sees Uncle Cyrus. Cyrus's ghost, I'm guessing, because he's all bloody still Mm -hmm. and gross. Then the rest of the people all go down into the basement. And, of course, they make the one classic horror movie mistake. Let's split up. Right? Hold on. Hold on. Listen to me. This is going to take forever. This place is just too big. Okay. Kathy and I will head up this way. You two check down there. No, I don't, I don't think we should split it's up. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just go in a straight line. Turn around. We'll meet back here in five. 
Five. I've been back here. Okay, don't touch anything. Then Shaggy gets a disturbing vision, but spoilers, we won't say what that is yet. <laughs> then Daddy says there's no such thing as ghosts. And then the jackal fucks up the daughter, but in walks Pita Chick with her magic flares and they rescue her. So now everybody's on board, ghosts are real, and don't fuck with them. Because <laughs> they're all trying to kill you. Right. Then we get more exposition from Pita Chick. Cyrus had a nasty habit of enslaving souls. That's why I'm here. I intend to set them all free. Let me show you. This is the Arcanum. Many people died in the quest for this book. It was written in the 15th century by an astrologer named Basilius. In it, he describes the making of a certain machine, one that can see into the future. He wrote it while he was under demonic possession. I can't believe Cyrus built it. Built what? What are you talking about? Basilius' device. We're in the middle of a machine designed by the devil and powered by the dead. Then the daughter disappears. But why wouldn't she? What the fuck is your deal, girl? I always thought that was weird, but in watching mm -hmm. this, I think I know what happened to her. Right. The first few times I watched it, I thought she just wandered off in my brain. I'm like, girl, what? why would you just leave? You just got attacked by a ghost, and you're just going to leave? Okay. But she didn't. That's not what happened. I just was dumb and didn't understand what was happening until later. A cut to Shaggy and Maggie, and Shaggy gets stuck in the room with the torn prince. Who is super hot? I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> Can I rely on you not to get me killed? I guarantee nothing. They make their way to the library. Daddy, Maggie, Shaggy, and Peter Girl. But before they make it, the jackal attacks the dad this time and tears his back up. But they get away and they finally make it to the library and they seem safe for the time being. Oh my god, more story time in the library. Yes, the machine required the energy of these specific spirits in order to bring it to life. Once it engages, the spirits are released one by one. The house then draws them to its center. Each one adds its energy to the machine, powering it up. Powering it up? For what? To open the ocularis infernum. Ocularis? What's that? It's Latin. Ocularis. The eye of hell. Very good. The eye of hell. I'm stuck in here. We're at his house. Bunch of crazy white go people. Go on. Go on. In hell, there is an eye that sees everything. The past and the future, the heaven and earth, the blessed and the damned. If knowledge is power, then the man who controls the ocularis would be the most powerful man on earth. So they explain how the daddy is the 13th ghost. Mm -hmm. And that love is the most powerful thing. And blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> and Peta wants to blow up the house. And so she has all this like C4 and shit. And she wants to blow the house up to release the spirits. So Shaggy and Daddy go looking for the kids with a glass door of spells as protection. But Peter Girl and Maggie go looking for the control room with this one's flare. One of those magic flares they use. But they find the lawyer on the way. Is that half the lawyer? Here. Yeah, Come on, definitely looks better. So they finally find the control room with this huge spinning gear thing, which is amazing architecturally. We... I think it was supposed to be like the engine. Yeah, probably. It's something. Maggie then sees Cyrus's ghost, but her flare isn't working on him. Twist! Peta slams her in the head with the giant book. And oh my god, Cyrus wasn't dead and Peta is working for him the whole time? Not only that, but they're in love. They're in love. Well, she's in love. Mm -hmm. He's a user. Period. So down in the basement again with Dennis, not Dennis, what's his name? Shaggy. His, his name in the thing is Dennis. Uh, <laughs> and Daddy, they're 
running away from the hammer, but there's only room enough for the daddy, so Shaggy sacrifices himself. That's what he saw in his vision earlier. And so the hammer and the juggernaut, who finally gets released, kill him hard. He is the deadest of deads you could ever dead. (laughs) So Cyrus starts the magical tapes again with all the spells going over and over like they played in the junkyard. Right. And the ghosts, where they are, just kind of evaporate and go towards where he is. Mm-hmm. Except for the wife that kind of just sits there and talks or looks at Tony Shalhoub slowly, like making him even sadder. And then she finally disappears. He has a breakdown for a minute, but then he pulls it together and because he has kids he's got to save. Cut to Cyrus killing Peter Girl because obviously he didn't care about her no. by crushing her between two of the glass walls. Cool scene, cool effect. It really looks like she crushed to death. Yeah. We see that the two kids, so. Bobby and his sister are in the middle of this. The spinning floor has now turned into this big spinning blade thing. Mm -hmm. And these blades are flopping back and forth over it. And that's basically what he has to sacrifice himself to become the 13 ghost. And that's complicated food process ever. Ever. Cuisinart of death. (laughs) And so, so all the ghosts are, what's the word I want? Rotating around the circle, powering this machine, this machine that's supposed to open up the eye of hell. So you can see the past and the future. Is what I'm getting from it. Right. The kids are in the center and daddy sees Cyrus and he slowly realizes that Cyrus is not a ghost. They represent the ghost that Cyrus needed to catch. The firstborn son. One. The toy son. Two. The bound woman. The withered lover. The torn prince. The angry princess. The pilgrims. The great child and the dying mother. The hammer, the jackal, and the juggernaut. So, <laughs> Cyrus beats Daddy with a cane, and you have to go sacrifice yourself, damn it. You're a loser, and if you don't do this, your life will have meant nothing, and my whole life's work will mean nothing. Suddenly, somebody starts to remix the spells. Maggie to the rescue! As she fucks up the control room, tears up the spells, so all the ghosts are just free to do what they want now in the house. And what do they do? All the ghosts head straight for Uncle Cyrus and throw him into the spinning Cuisinart of death. <laughs> and then he's just chunks. <laughs> it's a pretty great scene. Come on, body parts. Come on, body parts just flying around. Uh, Shaggy's ghost stops by to inspire Daddy to save his kids. So he times it just right, jumps into the Cuisinart of death, lands in the center, just as the house is slowly exploding all around them. And the fancy little blades stop any debris from hitting them. Right. We don't know what's happened to Maggie yet, because she's no. somewhere in the basement. And the engine in there exploded, so... Exploded. All the windows of the house explode. Everything's exploding. And then you see all the ghosts slowly leaving the house, walking down the street, which I thought was a great scene. Mm-hmm. Except one. Of course, the mom. She's standing there looking down at her husband and children. and she's... All of a sudden, she's no longer a burn victim. She's just gorgeous beat. Gorgeous and beautiful. And they can see her without the glasses plot hole which is fine then she disappears cut to maggie the end well now this is one of my most favorite horror movies i love it because i love the effects i love the lore behind it there is a whole backstory for every ghost. 
they don't put it in the movie, but you can look it up. They put so much work into it and the like the intricate building, the whole way that they went about it. Now, since we did watch the original from 1960, are there any parallels beyond the ghost glasses and the fact that there are 13 ghosts from that one to this one? Or is it just a loose inspiration? I think it's a very loose inspiration. I mean, the father's name in the original is Cyrus, and then they bring that, that's the uncle's name in the new one. I found that kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like the next generation thing, I think. Almost. Yeah, but uh, they did have 13 ghosts in theirs, but it was an old William Castle movie, so the ghosts were super shoddy. There were some random ghosts. There was the lion tamer ghost with no head and the lion as the The Swedish chef. But he was The chefs, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird, it was weird. Very weird. But they had the ghost glasses, they had the house, they had the money in the house. Uh, They had a shady lawyer, Mm -hmm. uh, so that they kept. It wasn't the lawyer that was shady, it was the, um... It was some guy, right? There was some guy that was shady and trying to steal money, but I don't think it was the lawyer. Who was it? Who was it? I feel like it was the lawyer. No, because the lawyer was old and we only saw him in his office. He gave them the case and... Well, it was somebody that was trying to help them. I think it was, it was the guy that he was like a business partner with the dead uncle. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. But they, he had been looking through the house for all his money and mm-hmm. the little kid found it because he kept sliding down the banister. And every time he did that, this little thing opened on the stairs and money would fall out. So they did take a lot of liberties and change the story completely around. Yeah. And to and it's so much better. Like, again, one of my favorites. Another thing about this movie, which I thought was very interesting, is for a movie in 2001... It was the first film of a major American studio to have three Arab-American leads. So, Tony Shalhoub, Daddy, mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham, Cyrus, and Shannon Elizabeth, the daughter. So, I thought that was, you know, something that was interesting. But, yeah, so, on this podcast, as you will know, since you listen all the time. Religiously, of course. You better. Uh, <laughs> I hawk your shit on here, you better. Um, <laughs> no, since you listen, you know that we do a rating system on here. And mm-hmm. how you want to rate it. It's one out of ten, one being the worst, ten being the best. And then you pick something from the movie. Mm-hmm. So I will say eight and a half out of ten, Hot Torn Princes. Mm-hmm. What's your rating? Nine out of ten, Tits McGee's. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, I think that is it for 13 Ghosts. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about with them? Is there anything you wanted to say about it? Well, why don't you tell the people out in podcast land where they can find you, what you're up to, what you're going to be doing, all that. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie D. Botchery. You can also find my nails on Etsy, Nailed by Jamie. You can also follow our Instagram pageant, which you help judge, The Debauchery Trials. And like I said, you may find me on a street corner near you. (laughs) If you're unlucky. I mean, if you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie, for being here in my layer of eternal damnation. Thank you for having me. It is not nearly as dank and damp as I thought it was going to be. Well, I mean, it's early in the week. You don't know. Okay. Bye-bye. That was 13 Ghosts from 2001. I want to thank my guest, my lovely drag daughter, Jamie D. Bajeri, who definitely needs to learn to interrupt me more. (laughs) I mean, I told her if she didn't jump in, I would steamroll right over her, which I did. But she did get a few good thoughts in. Well, that's it for tonight. I hope you all had fun. As always, you can find all my information over at evilqueensf.com or in the show notes. Feel free to message me any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, whatever. And as always, keep watching Scary Movie.
Arthur, I used to, I used to hunt ghosts with your uncle Cyrus. Goats? Ghosts! Ghosts, goddammit, listen to me!